Because last week we, we had a really good look at Paul and at, at the time from Thessalonians where people were starting to criticise him and criticise the Thessalonian church. And he'd spent three, only three to four weeks with them, yet they were this remarkable people that had, had done such a wonderful work for the gospel through all of really main, major Greece and, and everywhere the Bible says. And yet people were criticising him. And so we got into that last week. And, and some of that could have been a little bit heavy because God always calls us up. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense to people? God always calls us up. He never leaves us where we're at. I, I, I love that example that I shared last week, you know, of, of the children of Israel that God wanted to speak to them. I've got a I'm up here somewhere, Stephen, sorry. Um, the children of Israel, where God wanted to speak to them, but they were so afraid of his voice. And they said, no, no, you, Moses, you go up and, and we'll stay down here. So Moses goes up the mountain, but Joshua goes with him. And Joshua goes half the way up. And then Moses goes all the way up. And I, I, I guess the inference there is God is always calling us up. So I just want to say to you and I, Christians, believers, don't ever... Be satisfied or content with your relationship with God. Be satisfied and content in your relationship, but know that if you desire, not him, if you desire, there is always more. Does that make any sense? Like you can be happy with what you're eating, but sometimes you, you can have a really small plate and know that that's not quite enough. You know? Know that in God's house there's always more. The pot's always full. And I think that's important for us to know. I, I think, I actually believe this morning God has set us up for an encounter. Um, the songs that were chosen were, were really so, so wonderfully led by Holy Spirit because there's a sense for me that God wants to call, call us closer into him. The issue with that is that a majority of us in this room are adults. Yeah? And you can't usher in closer to God as an adult. You can't logic or common sense your way closer to God. It does not work. It only happens when you're prepared to be childlike. Totally childlike. That song that we sang about leaning into his arms, it's just ridiculous. My kids, your kids, our kids that play that game, just trust me, just fall and I'll catch you. Are you stupid? Are you, you can't carry my weight. Just trust me. right? God wants us to trust him like a child where we don't question. And so he constantly calls us up and up and up in Jesus' name. So the thing that I love about Paul and where we were last week is yes, he showed us how to react, he showed us how to act, he showed us how to, how to live as a, as a leader, but also just as a believer, as a Christian. But for me, there was something in his heart that was beating and breathing that set him apart from anybody else. And, and that one thing made him special, one thing that sets him apart and sets us apart from so many others. And, and, and for me, it underlines the whole of Christian community. It underlines the whole of us, of you and I actually being believers. And so verse 7 is where we're going to continue from, from last week, from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'm just going to read it quickly because I think we should love this verse. We should truly love this verse. It's a tender, it's an intimate verse. Now I'm really tinny. 
Anybody else notice that? Look at Stereo Day again and just clap. Anyway, yeah, see how that clap was smaller, Stephen? No pressure. Anyway, keep going. I, I love this verse because it's a tender, intimate verse. But what's interesting, it's spoken by the Apostle Paul, the my, actually mighty Apostle Paul that's revered. 2,000 years later, we're still reading his book. Saul from Tarsus, who was converted to Paul the Apostle, he's the one that writes these words. And he writes this, Instead, we were like young children among you. We were like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, and it goes on. What, what does he mean that they were like young children? Like, what, does it mean that Paul and, and Barnabas and others, does it mean that they were doing silly things? Does it mean that they were running around, you know, doing stuff that they shouldn't do, wrestling in the house, slipping, putting their bottom through the plaster wall and leaving another hole in the hallway of your house? Was, were, were they doing things like that? Because that's what children do. Even teenagers. Anyway. But no, no. They weren't doing stuff like that because there's a difference between being childish and being childlike. And so much of the Christian church is divided because a lot of the Christian church is very childish in the way it behaves. Yeah? Amen. Totally. Totally. So I think we know which one he's talking about. He's not talking about being childish. Paul's talking about being childlike. And as Christians, and all of us are leaders, because all of us are priests of the Almighty God, all of us are leaders, all of us are believers, we need to be childlike, just like Paul. You know? And, and I, I want to hang around here for today, for today's service. I, I think we, we need to, because if we can truly grab hold of this truth and understand this truth, it will warm our hearts regardless of the season that we're travelling through. Amen? You know, it's, it's going to remind us of who we are in Jesus. In fact, it will remind us of who we are in relationship to him. Matthew's Gospel says in Matthew 18 verse 3, And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Paul had a childlike testimony, a flat-out childlike testimony, very simple. He says, we've read it, we've learnt it, we know it, I am the worst of sinners, yeah, but I've met the risen Lord. Doesn't he say that? Very simple testimony. He doesn't go into theology. You love this, right? doesn't go into theology, doesn't go back into the Old Testament and, and pull it all apart and show what, 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 what they said old school, you know, for the coming of Jesus. He, he doesn't go to Fuller College in the States or Kingsley College in Melbourne and he, he doesn't sit there for seven years just to explain. He just says really simply, I was the worst of sinners, but I met the Lord Jesus. That's what he says. I know, I, I'm at my best, me personally, when, when I actually remember 
that I was a kid, that though I grew up in church, I didn't go to church. I stopped going to church. Like I stopped drinking strawberry milk because my mum made it every day and she made strawberry milk and then she would put this little strawberry-looking tablet in there that was supposed to be vitamin something or other every day. And one day I rebelled. Growing up, every day my mum would put a white singlet on me. Praise God it wasn't blue. A white singlet, but it got to an age where that's it. I'm not wearing it anymore, yeah? That was like church. I went to church every Sunday with my mum and dad. But as I got older, I was like, you know what? No, I don't, I don't want to go anymore. I'll occasionally go at Easter and I might come at Christmas to make you happy. I didn't go to church, but there was a day when, where I didn't really know Jesus, yet my best friend invited, invites me to church. And I go along with Dominic and there, 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 I come to know him. There I acknowledge and discover that he wants to have a relationship with me. There that I actually am reminded of a simple thought that God wants to talk to me and spend time with me. The truth is I went to church with my best mate Dominic. I didn't even want to be there. I sat down the very back. No, this is not a criticism of anyone who sits down the back, all right? I sat down the very back, the very, I couldn't get any further, closer to the exit door, yeah? I sat there, I had my arms folded, and I just, I was there to do him a favour. I didn't want to know anything about anything else. I think I've shared this before. One of his best friends from that church at the time came up to me. Her name was Karen. She came up, she leans on the chair in front of me, leans forward on her knees, puts her hand out to shake my hand and says, you must be Andrew Dominic's friend. My response was godly. What the fudge do you want? Leave me alone. I didn't want to be there. I wasn't always a kid that went to church. But there was this day where God just, that day, God just grabbed hold of me. And it does me good. I'm at my best when I actually remembered and remember that it was him that grabbed me, yeah? Sometimes we need to remember the place that we met Jesus. Even if you were brought up in a Christian home, there still comes a, a point in time where you have an encounter. There comes a point in time where you think, you know what, this is the real deal. This is not my mum and dad's faith anymore. This is now my faith. And, and we get hold of it. And we, we need to meditate on that with childlike simplicity. Yeah, we need to remind ourselves and actually remind everybody around us that actually we're believers in Jesus. And you know what? Jesus is the only answer. The only answer for Nick and his knee, yes, it's the surgeons, but we're believing that God, through the Holy Spirit, is going to do a work in his life on that knee. Yeah? Regardless of what we go through, a heart issue. Yes, there are wonderful people, great medicines, but they've been inspired by the living God. We believe that Jesus is the only answer. And so we'll do those practical things, but hey, don't do those without prayer. And in fact, start with prayer, go do the practical things and sandwich it with prayer again. Jesus is the only answer. In fact, he's the only answer for the world today. Yeah, the only answer for the world today. You know, Paul had this childlike, super testimony. He told the message across all of Macedonia and Archaea, the Bible says. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You've written, geez, he's drawing a picture. I'm just going to keep talking. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called what? The children. Children of God. The Apostle Paul and his team, they had a childlike peace. Yeah? So they were peacemakers. They actually brought the peace of Jesus to Thessalonica. They brought the peace of Jesus with them. You know what's wonderful? 
Paul didn't split things up. Paul didn't split the church. In fact, he reconciled people and he brought people together. When we're a people of childlike faith, we bring people together. We create family. That's what childlikeness does. But I'll tell you what childish things do. Childish things split things up. Childish things split churches up. Yeah? Childish things. Childish things break up family. That's what childish things do. You know, Matthew 19, 13 says, Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. See, Paul, Paul was childlike in his status. He, 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 he didn't need to be anything other than who he was. He, was. he was humble. He didn't puff himself up. He didn't put his title out there. I'm the Reverend Paul, you know. I'm Dr. Surgeon so-and-so. He was just Paul. He was ordinary. He was happy to refer to himself as a child. You and I, we are children of God. Children. Simple children. He had no need to boast, not on who he was or his position. And he says, we were like children among you. I mean, I, I love that. You, you know what else it shows? It shows that he had a right relationship with God. A right relationship with God. Because in those days, in that era, yeah, particularly in that Roman world, the Roman world said that a child had no standing, that a child had no rights. And here's Paul in that world standing up and saying, we were like children. In other words, we didn't lord it over you. We had no right over you. You know, we didn't stand above you. We were like children. I mean, I, I mean that, what a leader. Seriously, what a leader. Because I can take you to places today, I can take you to churches today where the leader's the leader, not just because, you know, a group of people have appointed him and he's running with God because he's going to take the throne and he's like a CEO. But Paul says, man, I had no right over you. And that's a gutsy guy, isn't it? And, that's a flat, and, and that is a reflection of who we are. You and I, we're like children. Like children, stop beating yourself up. I don't know who this is for. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself. Stop kicking yourself in the backside. You're just a child, a child of God. Yes, sometimes we have to adult in this world. But let's not adult as Christians. We're children of God that move towards maturity. It doesn't say adulthood. <laughs> Matthew 19.13 says the people know I read that one keep going 21.15 of Matthew but when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts Hosanna to the son of David they were indignant you know what they missed the simple thing here is Paul his team the Christian believers yeah they actually brought childlike praise. They brought childlike praise in their actions, who they were. They, just in living out their faith with the, you know, in that day, all of a sudden, children came shouting in the temple courts, praising the name of God. They instilled and encouraged and brought this childlike praise. I love that because if we jump back to Thessalonians, yeah? chapter 2, verse 2, we had previously suffered 
and had been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. That, that particular verse, that is in reference you know, it's the first, really the first mention of the impression that they're under and that they experienced in Philippi. But what did Paul do? What did Paul do that when he was in prison for that matter, when he actually, that he's referring to there, what did he do? They sang. They sang while they were in jail. They sang while they were in stocks. They sang while they were in chains. And I loved it beautifully the way that Roz put it because she, she talked about the, the shackles and stuff being chained. But you know what? They weren't like prisons today. It wasn't a nice little cell, a beautiful little bed with a, with a mattress, maybe a picture and a desk and a toilet. These guys had rusty stuff. It would have been cut and bleeding. It would have been filthy. You talk about houses that have got mould. Their cells would have been infested with all sorts of stuff. And what does he do? He goes, we previously suffered because we were treated outrageously. But in, in that prison, they sang with beaten backs, yeah? With blood running down their bodies. Not because he was insane, because they were childlike. Totally, totally childlike. Acts 16.25 reads, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. They praised the name of Jesus. What a ridiculous, childish thing to do when you're in trouble. I've got bills I can't pay. Sing to Jesus. What a ridiculous, silly, childish thing. Oh, my husband's in hospital. I'll sing to Jesus. What a childish, ridiculous... I've got can't sing to Jesus. What a childish, ridiculous... They actually, in the worst of times, praised God because they were childish. Do you know what? Maybe some of us just need to be childish. Don't you think? Like childish. I just smashed my car. No, I didn't, but I'm just saying, you know, we get out, we'll exchange numbers, we probably want to punch the person whose fault it is, unless it's your own fault. But then let's just sing to Jesus. He's got it. He's got it. Jesus has got it. Some of you need to actually be reminded that Jesus has got it. He's totally got it. He's our loving Father. You know, when we're childish, we worry, we complain, we whine, we whinge. That's being childish. But when we're childlike, we sing and we pray and we praise because it strengthens our heart. It actually doesn't always change the situation but it changes our heart. It gives us a different perspective, a heavenly perspective, a godly perspective. There is such a thing, you know, as being childlike. It breathes hope. Think about that song that we sing. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ our King. I mean, sometimes we just got to sing out praise like kids. I mean, if a kid's got a hold of a song, they sing that every day. They sing it when they go to bed. They sing it when they wake up. They sing it in the toilet. You jump in the car. They want the same CD on them. They just want to sing it over and over and over again. You want to tape them, gag them, pillow top them. You want to do everything to stop them, but they just want to sing. As Christians, sometimes we just need to sing. We just need to sing. But child, with childlikeness, they praised God. They made a sweet sound and the prison cell opened. Like, seriously? There was a childlikeness and it was glorious. 
And I think sometimes we need to step into glory by being more childlike and stop thinking things away. Yeah. You know, now there, there is such a thing as being childish. <laughs> you and I, we can choose to be childish. It's really easy. I chose to be childish yesterday at home. Asked Samuel, I went and did the shopping. I had planned to cook for my kids and my wife. I had this beautiful chicken stir fry that I was going to. And not just, I'm going to put it out there for all of you. If you cook a stir fry and the only sauce in it is soy sauce, don't call it a stir fry. That's not a stir fry. That's just, I don't know, you made something up, right? So just putting it out there, just in case you're one of those people that only use, because you've got to have oyster sauce, you've got to have sesame oil, there's other things that go, anyway, we won't get into it. So I, I plan to cook that for my kids, yeah? And I get home and there's Nathan, he's in the kitchen, how dare he, didn't want to wait another 20 minutes and started making little pizzas for himself. And Mel's like, he's just making a snack. Nah. It's not a snack. Yes, it is. I go, no, it's not. No, it's not. He knew. I told him. And I was going to cook and be ready at 12.30. She goes, just relax. He's actually doing a good thing. No. No, he's not. No, 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 no. I'm just tramped around all of Ballarat getting stuff. And you know what? I go to Coles. Get this. I go to Coles. I've got my list. I buy my stuff. Then I go, oh, that's right. Mel's got to click and collect. I drive around there. Yeah, I do the click and collect. I start driving out. I forgot two of the main ingredients. You've you, you got to be joking. I've got to go back. So I'll go back. I'll grab those two ingredients. I'll drive home on the way home. I still forgot one. So I was already... Ah! So I had this childish moment. To make things worse, I make this awesome stir-fry and I've got the scrambled eggs ready to go in and I've got the spring onion ready to go in because that has to go in at the end, not cooked with, right? And, and I have to put it in and I serve it to the kids and then I turn and see the stuff I haven't put in. <laughs> so I actually asked, I just, well, I cracked it. I was a little two-year-old. I'm just going to my bedroom, that's enough. <laughs> we can be childish. You and I, we can choose to be childish. You know, Matthew 11, 16, 17 says, To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting at the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you. You did not dance. We sang a dirge. You didn't. There are some, sadly, that just seem to get caught up and snagged in personal preference. You know, things just aren't the way we want them to be. We're picky. This is like that. This should be like this. My ex was that. You know, even being around those people when they start being childish and everything's wrong, like everything, even the things that they have are wrong, even the colour of their car's wrong. My dad used to do this, my mum used to do that, they still do this, they still do that. And it's like things just aren't the way that they want them to be and they end up being picky. Do you know that most people leave church over personal preferences? It's not ever, rarely over doctrines. It's not over weighty matters. It's often over. And some, may, some that are watching may, may think this is a slap, but it is to a degree. It's over childish stuff. Most people that leave church, and I'm not talking about you planted here, now you're planted there and you're flourishing. You know, the, you know the type that I'm talking about? It's normally over childish stuff. It's just about me. What about me? You know, this a childish rebellion. You know, Matthew ten twenty one, brother will betray brother to death. 
and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have to put them to death. I don't know if you can see it through that passage of Scripture in Thessalonians, but for me, Paul is really clear. We were like children among you. He's talking about childlike stuff, not the childish stuff. That's the challenge for you and I in our faith, in our Christianity. But, it, but it's, also, it's also, I think, an encouragement. And it's encouragement for us to be there if we actually understand what it means. When we're childlike, there's a lot of fun that goes with being childlike. Like there just is. There's a lot of fun. You know, I'm glad that God made me the way that I am. You know, like I, I'm actually glad. I'm glad that I'm a joker, that I like mucking around. I, lo I, I love stirring the pot, you know. I've got people at the moment that are trying to stir me up, you know, to give up red meat. They don't know who they're facing. Like, hello, I will not only win the battle, I will trample over you while you eat your vegetables, you know. I like mucking around. I like stirring the pot. It's, it's who I am, you know. Just, and, and I just want to say, we should all be and, ha and have the ability to have fun. On Friday, I caught up with my dear friends, John and Judy, and we were taking Judy back to the car, and, and Judy's a bit wobbly, you know, on her legs, and John, John and I were helping put her in the car, and as she was getting in, I said, Judy, if you fall, I'm pushing you to John. And she goes, oh, she goes, Andrew, she goes, you haven't changed, have you? She goes, I came to see you, especially to see if you had changed. And I said, no, I don't think I ever will. And she goes, and we don't want you to. Yeah, that, that was such an endearing moment for me. Because when I was going through Bible college, I had a pastor, leader at the time, that said, you know, Andrew, you won't ever be a pastor. Why not? Because you joke too much. You know what? If we're going to be childlike, if we're going to be like children, my kids are joking all the time. Like all the time. It's like the time driving Nathan to school just last year. You know what, Nathan? As we go through life, the more I appreciate you guys. I just love you so much, you know. I, sometimes I just forget stuff. He goes, that's because you're nearly 100. <laughs> nearly 100? Flippin' heck. I say that to my mum, but she's 89, you know, like, I'm 52. Nath, kids just joke. They do it all the time. You know, I, I come home, I'm walking through the house, most of the lights are off, you know, Mel will be in bed, I come out of the toilet into the hallway and there's Samuel, ah! Right? I became 55 in a moment. Like, seriously, kids just, they like to, we need to remember how to have fun as children of God. Sometimes we need to learn to laugh, laugh at ourselves. Don't take ourselves too seriously. I just don't. You know, you and I, we're called to be the happiest people on earth. The happiest people on earth. And that is despite the season that we are in, yeah? The happiest people on earth. We're called to be as little children, little children who worship God, little children who, 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 who actually see the power of God, who are set free from the power of lust, children of God who are set free to praise him, people of love, people of ministry, childlike following Jesus. You know, I love this because being childlike means this. 
And I, I shared this years ago. But let's just say Samuel's a, a, a guest in our church, or he's new to faith, yeah, a baby, newborn. Yeah? Now, Chris over here has walked with the Lord for 30 years plus. Now, I'll give you the difference between childlike and childish. I see that he has a need. He's a newborn. What do newborns need? They need food. They need nurture. They need love, don't they? They need a mother's arms. They need a father's embrace. They need those things. They can't, without them, they're going to die. So I go over, Sam, are you okay? How's life? We should do coffee. You don't drink coffee. Oh, you're not 18. You're not 16. Oh, you're sorry. Okay, so what? Milkshake? We'll do a milkshake. We'll go out. We'll have a milkshake. I play tennis, but I don't want to beat you. We'll do something that you like. You know, what it, I'm just, you know, I'm having a joke with my son, but I, I love on him, you know, and I care for him. This is what childish would look like. Chris over here has been a Christian for 30 years, right? Chris goes, why is Andrew over there spending all the time with Samuel? What about me? What about me? How come he's not spending time with me? I mean, I want to have a coffee with him too. I would say, I would say to all of those people, look around. Because we are all children of God. So every single one of us need to be loved. Every single one of us need to be nurtured. Every single one of us need to be cared for. Every single one of us need to feel not only the Father's embrace, but the embrace from the family of God. Because you know, we know, if we've got kids or grandkids, they, they just don't, the child that's just been born doesn't rest in the arm of mum and dad alone, gets passed around, you know? Like particularly, particularly in a... Like in some families, they get passed around everywhere. Like every auntie, every uncle, every brother, every sister, every person. Sometimes you do it just for the reprieve. I need a break. Here you go. Grandparents, awesome. We'll be back tomorrow. You know, sometimes we just, we need to love on each and every one of us. And so if within ourselves, we're feeling like we're being left out, now, now we should be able to say, you know what? I do need love. But my response is childish. Being childlike would say, actually, I'm going to trust it to my father. Being childlike would say, I'm going to pray about that. Being childlike would say, I know I'm waiting for someone to love on me. Maybe, just maybe, I should make a phone call, reach out and love on someone else. Because we cannot outgive God. Yeah? And sometimes what we give out is what we get back. Some people out there will call it karma. I'll just call it life. You give out love, you'll get back love, I guarantee you. It's the way that it works. So we are called, like Paul and the Thessalonians, to be childlike. To be childlike, to be there for one another, to come alongside one another. And that means if I'm going to be childlike with the newborns, if I'm going to be childlike with the others that are in my world, sometimes that's going to mean that I'm going to put others first, before me. Oh, what do you mean before me? Before me. What does that mean? It just means before me. You know, sometimes being childlike means knowing that others will look after, Father, Father, you know, Father God will look after us, but he's using us to look after those that are around us. Being childish, though, is we often put ourselves first before anyone else, making sure that we're okay, even before knowing if anybody else is okay. Doesn't mean that we've got the answers for everyone, doesn't mean that we can fix every situation, but it means that we can come alongside people and love them. I'm telling you, we all, all of us, pastor included, have moments where we uh, feel childish because no one rang me this week. If I don't ring them, they don't ring me. 
Like, please, don't sit there and think that you've never had that thought. Because I'm going to suggest, I'm just going to blanket coat this. If I've thought that, I figure that some of you have thought that too. You know, they, they, only, they only call me when they want something. Could be some truth to that. You might be good at something. Who knows? But the point is, if you need love, then reach out to someone else. Or if there's someone in particular that you're feeling unloved by, then just ring them, spend time with them. You find that probably often, often than not, it's not even, there's no reason that you haven't caught up. Isn't it funny that this can happen within a church family? And for those that are watching at home, you know, I've got friends that I grew up with 30 years ago. I don't talk to them. But when we bump into each other 10 years, 15 years, it's like we were always together. We don't have this animosity amongst ourselves. But somehow the enemy has got in and made us childish in our faith. Let's be childlike in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's be people that care, that love, that nurture. You know, are we going to be a family? Operating as family with childlike simplicity in family life church. You know, halfway through verse 7, because this being childlike is the beating heart of, of a Christian. Being childlike is the, the beating heart of a Christian church. It really is. But First Thessalonians chapter 2 from verse 7, I want to read this because I, I want to finish with this section in my last five minutes, but I, I want to flow on into next week. Instead, we were like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging and comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. You and I were dead to God somewhere in our lives. That's what the Bible says. We were dead to sin, but because he died on the cross, we were raised with him. Let's continue daily to be raised with him. Let's continue to be raised with him. Let's keep telling. Let's keep allowing our hearts to beat and to beat and to beat again. Let's allow Holy Spirit to pulse through our souls. Amen. Sometimes we have to get ourselves right with God. Sometimes we've got to sit in his presence. And sometimes the only thing that we need to do to get right with God because sometimes it's our actions, our thoughts, it's our thinking, it's the enemy. We just have to remember the goodness of God. All we have to do is remember the goodness of God. You and I will actually experience again and again in our hearts beating for the people of God when we remember the goodness of God in our lives. Yeah, It's the way it works. And it's, it's simply not possible to say, I love Jesus, but don't love the church. It's not possible. It's not possible. It is not possible for all those that have walked away from the church. It's not possible. Find a family. Find a home. Find a people. You cannot say you love God but don't love the church because you don't like the way it operates or someone just offended you there. That's childish, not childlike. Yeah? 
You know, we, all of us are part of his family. We're all his children. And the two simply go together. The body of Christ, the bride, we're precious to God. All of us, each and every one of us. So if we're precious to God, how can I say, I don't like you, I'm going? Different, again, to be planted somewhere else because you're moving into another family. We do that. Our kids do that when they get married, don't they? So we can't love God without also loving the body of Christ as well. See, Paul's salvation led to fellowship. My salvation led to fellowship. 1 John 1.7 says, But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship. Then we have fellowship. Then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Man, I love that. I so love that. Even the two great commandments, yeah, talk about loving God and loving our fellow man. And in fact, Scripture tells us that we should especially love the children of God. Galatians 3.28, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. The ultimate brotherhood, the ultimate sisterhood is always between believers in the Lord. It's always I know you can go to a footy club, netball club, you can have your Etch-A-Sketch club, you know, you can have your quilting club, you can have a scrapbooking club, you know, you can have your dance buddies, you know, your footballing. I know you can do all of that and you, you can actually build some camaraderie there. But it's never anything like a family of God should be. There is something so much greater in the house of God with Holy Spirit pulsing through our souls. See, it's, it's not our class, it's not our school, it's not our university that determines our identity. It's not our city, it's not our, our region, it's not our, our, our country, our nation, our unity and our identity. It's not our gender, it's not our generation, it's not our race, it's not even our job. It's not our struggle, it's not our wound, it's not our hurt, it's not our pain. That is not our identity, it's not even our passion. All of us, all are one in Christ Jesus, full stop, amen, yeah? That's the supreme identity. Anything else can become barriers, barriers to the gospel and to the glory of God. It's a revival alone that will win people in the land of Jesus. And revival starts when you and I are childlike. Just basically trusting him and loving him. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, childish can be really hard. You're going through a hard time and it's, hard, and, and it's just hard. But when we're childlike, to live this way, when we're childlike, it becomes so much easier. A child never worries where their next meal is going to come from, ever. Never worries. They never worry where they're going to sleep. They don't worry about they're going to wear, what they're going to wear. They never worry about the money they need for the party they're about to go to. They just expect that you're a living ATM. Yeah? Kids, they don't worry. You and I need to be there. Simply know, trust. Childlike, you know, our identity, it's not a political party. It's not even a TV show. It's not a TV station. It's not who we're for. It's not who we're against. Our, our identity is not our addiction. It's not a bankruptcy. It, it, it's, it's not divorce. It's not robbery. It's not a fire. It's not an assault that we, that's come against our lives. It's not the bitterness that we carry. Our identity, our identity is not any of that. It's not the depression that we live with or the fear or the sickness or the anxiety. It's not our house. It's not our car. It's not the valuables. It's not our bank account. 
camps. Our identity is none of that. Our identity not, it isn't even in the phones that we carry, our phones, you know. Our identity is not our phone. Though there are phones that are better than Apple phones. But our identity is not our phones. It's not our phones. It's not our, our identity is not even our kids. Our identity is not even our grandkids. Though we often, you know, can project ourselves onto them when they're successful because we, we want to champion them. But that's not our identity. Our identity is Jesus. Our unity is Jesus. That's what draws us together. That's the hope for Australia. Jesus, 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 yeah? Church, why don't we stand? This is the beating heart of the Christian community. It actually starts right here, loving one another, being childlike. This is where it starts. And you know what? If we have not loved you the way that we should have loved you, if the people in the house, if the family's not loved you the way that you should have been loved, then I'll stand here and on behalf of everyone, I'm sorry that we missed it. I'm sorry that we failed in that part. But let's work you towards maturity where you won't feel childish and neglected where instead you'll start to love those that are around you and watch it reciprocated. This is the beating heart of the Christian community. So if you and I, if we can grab and understand how all-consuming the love of Jesus is, I'm telling you, every barrier gets broken down. It's in this truth, all, all captured here in, in, in the second book of Thessalonians. Just read it. It's all there. We'll keep going through it next week. But we need to grab hold of this. It's a truth of being childlike in him and with him that our hearts then beat again for those that are around us because they go hand in hand. Because God loves you. Even if I don't like the way you dress, even if I don't like your haircut, yeah, even if I don't like your ethnicity, even if I don't like your beard, even if I don't like the car you drive, even if I don't like the football team you barrack for or the political party that you support, God loves you anyway. And so if my father does, then I do. And that should be our childlike response in every situation. So church, hey, can I just have some keys, please? Just play anything. I trust you. I just want us... There were some words that were spoken this morning and are we prepared to declare and even more so decree over our lives that as a people, as a church family, that we are prepared to live a childlike faith? Are we prepared to put money on the table and say, I put God first? Because when we first gave our life to Jesus, he was first in everything. And as we grow up into adulthood, he's still there. He's still a priority. But so often he takes second and third and fourth place. Are we prepared to be childlike? Just close your eyes for a moment. Are we, are you and I prepared to love one another? Are we prepared to be there for those that need you, need me, even when we know we could use love ourselves. Are we prepared to put others first, knowing that that's putting us second? Are we prepared to trust Father to love us as he calls us to love one another? Now, my prayer is, and my belief is, that while we're loving one another, God will ensure that we're loved. God will ensure that there will be others there to reach out to us. But are we prepared as a family, to step out in faith this day 
and say, all to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will never love another. Yeah? In his hands and in his place, we will so freely give. Are we prepared? If that's you, if you're prepared to make that call, to make that stand, keep your eyes closed. I don't want you to disturb the person next to you. I don't want you to make a decision based on what others are doing, just on what you in your heart need to do for yourself with your own personal, intimate, childlike relationship with the living God. If that's you, I want you to show him that, hey, I'm going to make you first. I'm going to I'm going to live this childlike faith. I just want you to raise your hands. Because sometimes we need to do something physically that holds us to account with ourselves, yeah? To put him first. Don't make it a moment where you think, I think I already do. I don't need to put my hand up. Why are you struggling with it if you already do? Because if you already do, it's nothing to raise your hands. And so, Father, in this space and place right now, With all the hands that are raised, God, you know those, Father, that have lifted them. Lord, we just call out to you. And we say, God, you are our loving God. You are the one that we trust. Father, may we be more and more like Paul. Father, may the beating heart of our community, may the beating heart of our faith be childlike. And Lord, in moments, in days where we're childish, God, can you show us? Holy Spirit, can you just present it to us so that we can sit at your feet and repent and say sorry and go let me just let me start all over again father may we be a people that love each other so much that those that are in our lives those that are outside of this house will be so jealous god that they want to come to know the living god because it's by these hands by these feet by these mouths by these ears it's by these human beings that god that people in the world will get to know the loving father it's through our actions and actions speak louder than words so may we love one another love one another love one another love one another childlikely in Jesus name in Jesus name and everyone said how are we feeling about all that are we okay give God a clap because let's just be childlike let's just have fun yeah tell a joke if you need to make it clean have a coffee fellowship truly love one another in Jesus name because that's what God calls you to do Amen and have a wonderful Sunday.